Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I'm excited to be here with you today, uh, sharing the book of Ephesians. I can't, uh, that's good enough. I mean, Donnie, if you could scoot over, see, there, there you go. I need to be able to see that clock back there. We're in the book of Ephesians, and uh, we've been in the book of Ephesians since October uh, last year, uh, so it's been 11 months, and uh, we have been hearing the word of the Lord and learning uh, through experience uh, in life what we've been being taught, what we've been seeing by the Holy Spirit to the, uh, uh, through this letter from God through Paul the Apostle to the church in Ephesus and to the faithful who are in Christ Jesus. This letter was not limited to the people on the earth of that day in that church of that time because uh, let's turn back there and look at it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. We've done this often through this series. says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Well, that brings us right involved into the situation there because we are the faithful in Christ Jesus. And Paul wrote this letter from prison. That says a lot. That should say a lot to us that the Spirit of God's not through with anybody just because they get locked up in jail or just because they can't make it to the house of God on Sunday. And uh, Paul, but I want to say something this morning about Paul before we pray, and that Paul, when he was locked up in prison, the Holy Spirit had his focus on the church. He wasn't writing letters to the world. He was writing letters to the church. God's emphasis and focus today, as always has been, His people. Mm, a, little quiet, a little too quiet this morning. God's focus has always, he, yes, God so loved all the world that He gave His Son, but the way He's going to be able to reach all the world is through the church which has his focus, his undivided attention, his spirit, his will, his love and grace and mercy. Nobody else has that except us, the church. And he's focused on us, and through Paul, even in when in prison, he wrote letters to the church. Because God knows only through the church is he going to be able to reap this harvest he sent his son to die for him to be able to have. And somebody said amen. So here on this 29th day of September in 2017, this is our 47th session. And we're nearing the end of this great letter uh, of Ephesians. And I'm just excited to be here this morning. I'm excited. And all you new viewers who are watching on YouTube who hadn't had a chance to see the ad for the book, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. This comes from Psalms 33.4. This was written uh, over the last couple of years. We finally had it printed. And this little 62-page booklet, I promise you, will bring much clarity of the Scriptures into your heart. Things you've not understood, the Holy Spirit will give you the understanding of of it, not because I wrote it, not because it's just what we say, but because this book is about the scriptures in the right context, which is Christ and what he would do at Calvary. So uh, I, I, I pray you get your copy. It's only $15. It'll help you leaps and bounds. God will bless you in the truth that's written there. And you just send your money to that physical address there or to the website that's listed there. And by the way, thank you all for giving, all the, those of you who do online. And uh, I just thank God for the gospel he's given to us here. And so let's pray this morning and ask the Lord to give us a greater revelation of Jesus Christ, his Son. That is what we're looking for today. Hallelujah. That's what I came to share. That's what I came to receive. A greater picture, a greater understanding of my Lord Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished for me. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for allowing us to be here in this place, for allowing us to open your Bible. God, so many people, so many millions, Lord, maybe a few billion, uh, do not even have your word. But we have your word. You've given us your word, Lord. Even in print, you've given us your word. I pray that, Lord, from this day forward, all the days of our life, we would take advantage. We would seize each day, each moment to be hungry for your word, for you've equated yourself with your word. The word of God is God, and you've exalted your word above your own name. So I pray this morning that you would impart 
your word, your truth to us, that your word would be engrafted in our hearts, Lord. And I pray that the revelation of your son Jesus would be enlarged in our hearts, that Christ would be formed in us even to a greater degree today, not just something new that we don't know, but a revelation of Christ more than we've ever had it before. And we ask you, Lord, to bless those here in the studio, to bless those who are watching online, and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So we, I think we left off last week in uh, Ephesians 6 and 12. So I will just kind of do what I like to do, and that's back up and read that Scripture before we roll into the Scripture that we're about to, to move into this morning. So Ephesians six twelve says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And then the Bible goes into verse 14 and says, Stand, therefore. So I just want to make a few comments about this. If, you, if you're just not jumping in uh, to this teaching, I encourage you to go back and to, uh, to the website and, and click on uh, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis, one of the headers there, and, 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 view, and listen to the messages. And last week we discussed each one of these in verse 12, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we talked a little bit about those. And the reason that this is in the Word of God is because the Bible here is clearly telling us that we do wrestle. It's just not with each other. If we're, if we're wrestling with each other, we're out of the will of God. We're not operating under the grace of God. You know, when, when you're in a wrestling match and in chaos and, and envy and strife with people, that means you're not drawing from God's grace. That means you're operating in the flesh. And somebody said, Amen. When you're envy and strife, James wrote, where there's envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. And so we've got to learn who we're wrestling with and who we're not wrestling with. And only through uh, faith in the cross will we be able to see at the point of impact, at the time the wrestling must begin, and it begins many times in our every day in our lives. We're going to wrestle. If we don't realize what it is we're wrestling with, the enemy is going to stand on the top. In a wrestling match, the, the, the point in the wrestling match is to pin the opponent. And in the Christian's life, we, we're either walking in a place of victory, which the Bible here refers to as standing. Stand. When you're standing, that means you're not, somebody's not standing on you. We're talking about wrestling here. And the winner is the one standing. The loser is the one that's pinned under the one that's standing. But we are wrestling. Most Christians, I understand, they don't even know what scriptures like this mean. They just read it and pass right over it. And they don't understand that you are in the ring with an opponent. And these opponents are more powerful than you. And than you and all the church put together. These opponents are more powerful. You cannot stand against the enemy. You cannot fight the enemy. You cannot scream and shout at the enemy and find defeat. You must wear the whole armor of God. You must take unto you the whole armor of God that we'll be discussing. And it's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's what you believe. Because everything with the Lord is through faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Not just faith in what's written, because faith in what's written, when, you, when your faith is not in the cross, won't do you any good. God doesn't honor His written Word to us unless our faith is in His living Word and what He did for us at Calvary. You can't just pick the Bible up and say you've got faith because you believe that Scripture and you're walking in that Scripture because really you can't even walk in that Scripture and according to that Scripture and find the victory the Lord wants you to have through faith in that Scripture unless your faith really has already been found in Christ, the one who gives you the strength and the victory because Scripture won't give you strength and victory unless your faith is in the one who afforded it for you. And even at that, it's not just because 
because you're a Christian now and you're saved and the Scriptures will give you light and strength and victory. No, your faith must remain in the sacrifice of Christ. Then the Word can become a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. That's why for years we wasted years because we tried to make the Word of God work instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to work through our faith in the cross. That's so good. That's so real. And 99.9% of the church needs to hear that. We tried to make the Word of God work, and the Word of God is God. You can't make God work. But He's chosen to work on your behalf, but it's only through one way He will work. And that's the way that has a name, Jesus. And what he did at Calvary is the way he provided. The Bible says he made, that God made a new and living way for us. And the Bible goes as far as to say, through his flesh. That means his death on the cross, praise God. See how easy this is? It's kindergarten. So, but for years, and you may be watching, you may be sitting in a church right now with a pastor who's trying to make the word of God work. And we can't do that. The Holy Spirit wrote the Word, will impart the Word, will work the Word in us and through us by our faith in the Word if our faith remains in the sacrifice where the grace of God can flow in our lives. Outside of that, my friend, we're just under law and trying to make the Word of God work and we've gone blind again. Hallelujah! I'm glad I'm no longer blind. Most of the church today is singing. I don't know about most, but a lot of them are singing, I once was blind, but now I see. And yet they're walking around as blind as a bat. Saying the right words, but no experience to victory. I'm glad those days are over for me. Hallelujah. I'm glad those days are over for me. I say, I'm so thankful those days are over that I'm no longer in a ministry trying to find me something special and put something together that nobody else has got and say that God's doing his own, my, this own thing in our church. No, the new thing God's doing is what he did at Calvary, my friend. You'll point to that or you'll be pointing to something God's not doing. Mm, my goodness. Go get your kids. Tell them, man, put the games up. Go get your wife. You got to hear this this morning. Go tell that husband, tune in. You need to hear this today. This is the Word of God in truth. This is not just the Word of God being read to you, trying to make it work. This is the Word of God in the context of how He works. This is truth. Truth has a name, Jesus. Praise God. So we rolled right into verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you. You got to take it. It's being offered through the cross, but you got to take it. God won't just show up and slap it on you. He won't just show up and slap it on you and make it work for you. God will do everything you need him to do if you will take unto yourself the whole armor of God. But you got to take it. Salvation is being offered to every man, woman, and child on the planet. Jesus tasted death for all men. Hebrews 2.9, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the world, us sinners, lost people, and he died for everybody. But you got to take that gift. God, well, he opened the prison door and said, you've got liberty now to go free, but you've got to get up and accept it. You've got to receive this. You don't just go to heaven because you want to. You don't get eternal life because you know you need it. You get eternal life when you see by the Holy Ghost you need it and you accept it. Hallelujah. It's, we're, God, he shows up to make an offer to you and expects you to take it, receive it. Amen. But you've got to take it by faith. Yes, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I'm accepting that. I'm taking that. And I'm going to apply that in my life. Yes. Amen. I'm changed. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm not perfect, but I'm being changed because I've accepted this gift. And this gift of eternal life is not just a trip to heaven. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an acceptance of something that now begins to work in us both to will and to do of God's good pleasure and it has an outward picture and people are being changed through the truth that we're walking in. They're being affected. Amen. I got Jesus on the inside and he's living on the outside. Mm. So he says here, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand 
in the evil day, and having done all to stand, in verse 14 would say, stand, therefore. So let's talk about this verse for a minute. Take unto us the whole armor of God. And what he will be speaking on here as we study this is different portions of the armor that a soldier would wear in that day. And each piece of this armor, as we will see, uh, is something that Christ uh, has died for us to be able to have. God the Father gave his Son so that you and I could be armed with a great salvation. So that we could, I'm not talking about a verbal salvation. I'm talking about an experiential salvation. I know that I'm saved. I know that today I can be changed because of this salvation. I know that today I can be used by God and be a blessing to someone because of this salvation. And I know that if I die today, I'll be with the Lord forever and ever because of this salvation. And the this goes on and on and on, but it's all because of this great salvation Christ has afforded me through his death on the cross. And each one of these pieces of armor speaks of us taking all that God has offered us through Christ. The whole thing, as we talked about last uh, uh, Friday morning at this, on this broadcast, uh, and we talked a little bit about it in Wednesday night service, uh, and maybe Sunday morning was the application of the truth. You can't just hear it in your ears and say, yeah, I believe that. No, you have to take it unto your. It has to become your life. See, Jesus said, I'm not just your way. I'm not just your truth. I'm your life. All who accept Christ now are in the way. Amen. They are walking in the truth if they keep their faith in the cross. And they're experiencing life. Him. The only way to experience life is to experience Christ. Amen. So uh, we're going to see some things here this morning. And, and uh, application, again, let me finish what I started there. When you read about in Exodus, God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was not the slaying of the lamb that brought them out. It was the slaying of the lamb and them applying the blood to their doorpost. If they just kill the lamb and not put the blood on the doorpost, God would have killed the firstborn in every one of their houses. Even on Israel. Because applying the blood is what God's looking for. God didn't just show up and in the Garden of Eden and kill the, a couple of lambs. No, he killed a couple of lambs and he, the shedding of that blood enabled him to clothe Adam and Eve with the skins of those animals which represented Christ dying for us and our faith in that shed blood, us being clothed and robed in Christ's righteousness now. So it's an experiential thing, and it ain't going to church, my friend. That's just a result of what's already been done. It's not water baptism, my friend. That's just a type and a shadow of what's already been done. Experiencing Christ is receiving by faith what God did for you through his son on the cross that day at Calvary. That you fight to keep your faith there. That's how you take unto you the whole armor of God. And I've got to say this this morning because most of the church has gone uh, flaky and nutty out there teaching that you can just get up in the morning and imagine that you're putting on the breastplate of righteousness and slipping on the, the gospel shoes of peace. Just imagine that you're doing that. It's not about imagining any of that. It's not about pretending. It's a, a reality that God has clothed us with the armor of God, the whole armor of God as long as we keep our faith in the cross. Andrew gets invited to some of these meetings this, uh, at school and they're, they're the Christian meetings, the Christian athletes this and this, the Christian that, and he always comes home and talks about the speaker who spoke didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. And I'm, I'm struggling to remember the last one. He, he came home and, and said, oh yeah, he came and, and, he, and he came home and he said the speaker was the youth pastor of a big church, probably the biggest in our little community here, and said he got up and told the kids when, when Jonah went to Nineveh, uh, he preached a message that was rejected. Man, that ain't what happened in the Bible. They, the whole city repented. Folk trying to get up in front of crowds today that need to be hearing the truth and don't even know what the Bible says. 
And it just breaks Andrew's heart. But when they give him the floor, truth comes forth. The sword of the Spirit, I'm telling you, comes out and you can hear the hairs moving on the arms of somebody in there because it's something that the church is just not hearing the truth. They're having the Bible read to them and it is truth, but the truth has to be preached in the Word of God. And the truth has a name, it's Jesus. So when we're talking about the whole armor of God, we're talking about the truth. We're talking about Christ and what he did at Calvary. Amen. Not anything that we've got to do today except take unto us by faith what Christ did at Calvary. And we're going to be seeing that. And let me say some more things about, uh, I don't have anything here in my notes, but I'm just looking at this scripture. And it, it says that if we're going to be able to withstand in the evil day, and you're going to have one. How many of you know this? You're going to have an evil day. You're going to have many evil days. You're going to have some that are, you're going to entitle, this is that evil day. Something may grab a hold of your physical body, your mind, your finances, your, your marriage, your kid. Something is go, you're going, you're going to have a day, if not many, that you label this is that evil day. And God has promised that you can withstand in that evil. He said you, can, you don't have to give up and say, well, God must, you know, he must not love me. Or, well, I just don't know. I must be out of the will of God. No, evil days are coming. We're, we're living in that day right now. Evil days are going to be more and more. You got folks don't know which bathroom to go in. Folks are no longer respecting the, 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 the American flag. What we stand for here is America. And you, you just got people who who are just blatantly rebellious and I don't care how you try to help them and, and do the right thing, even if you tried to go their way, they're still going to be rebellious because it's not about what's going on, it's them. They are rebellious against God. It's not about the things they're, they're rebelling against, it's about them just being rebellious. And, and you will remain that way until you come to Christ. Amen. So wherefore, take any the whole armor of God. If you don't, you won't be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. You won't be able to stand. We think we're just, we got it going on with God because every, we had a good day today. Nothing. Listen, you got a good day going on with God when the evil comes and you're able to withstand. We were talking before the broadcast this morning, the most precious thing to God is not when he brings you out of this and brings you out of that. The most precious thing to God is your faith. Doesn't matter what situation you're in, the most precious thing to God is your faith. It's your faith. It wasn't the, the most precious thing to God about what happened in Egypt with his children and bringing them out. wasn't bringing them out. It was the blood that was applied so he could bring them out. Until God gets pleased, you're not going to see him working in your life. And the only thing that pleases him is faith in his son and what he did at Calvary. Not just in some Bible verse you want to find. That Bible verse ain't going to do you no good, my friend. If your faith is not in the one that Bible verse is about. So he says, because you are going to wrestle with spiritual uh, uh, wickedness in high places and rulers of darkness of this world, powers, principalities, you are going to be wrestling. That's why most Christians are peeing down and the enemy is standing on them. I meet them every day. Almost every Christian I know, their mouths are foul. Their, their marriages are just like the world's. and every, they, they have no testimony except when you push them up against the wall and ask them, are you saved? Well, yeah, I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. But there's no fruit in their life because if they are saved, the enemy stands on them pointing to heaven. See here, I've got him. Even though they belong to God, they've been saved by the blood, the enemy is on the top in this wrestling match pointing to heaven. What about this one? And I don't be, I don't want to be, as the Bible calls it, an occasion for anybody to be able to blaspheme God. I want to be one of those that have just nobody in the world but pointing to the one who created the world and saved me from the world and just pointing to him saying, I've got the victory because Christ gave it to me. Not because what I'm doing, only because what I've received. I've taken what Christ did for me. I've taken the whole armor of God and therefore the devil is under my feet. I'm not under his. We get happy up in here. 
you will be able to withstand in the evil day. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a Job trial or worse than Job, whatever that could be. You will be able to withstand in the evil day because it's not you not having balls and sores. It's not you losing your assets. It's not you not losing your spouse. Your faith will make you stand. And withstand. if you can't stand, you can't withstand. And the only standing place the Bible teaches is in the grace of God. And that means in the place where God works in your life because we can't withstand anything without his presence, without him being the one really resisting what's got us under attack. And he says, and having done all to stand. Okay, what have we done? What have we done when the Bible here says, having done all? Okay, how do I know that I've done all my part? Uh Uh-oh, there's that word, my part. How do I know when I've done all it takes to be able to stand when I've taken the whole armor of God. When I have taken unto myself, when I've received this whole armor of God. And so we're going to look at that this morning. In Ephesians 6 and 14, let me read some of these notes I wrote here. I'd hate to have written them for nothing. To be able to avoid or to escape the heavy yoke of the enemy's bondage will require us taking this armor of God to ourselves. And let me say this. Just because you're saved, born again, bought with the blood, filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in other tongues and on your way to heaven, does not mean that victory just comes natural. It just happens. I'm going to be victorious no matter what. No, the devil's coming for you, and you better get ready. And the way you get ready is not by reading more Bible and being in church every time the doors are open, although those are great things you should be doing. The only way you can get ready for anything evil coming your way is by continuing to fight the good fight of faith, which means keep in your faith in the whole armor of God everything Christ did for you at Calvary really basically just in his death because his death provided for you everything you'll ever need this armor can only be applied to our lives through our faith in the cross of Christ as there is where we were and continue to be armed if our faith remains there we're not armed if our faith is not in the cross Anybody that's not preaching the message of the cross as the initial way and daily way of all victory, salvation, provision of God, they are laying a snare out for others because they're in a snare. And they are not wearing the whole armor of God. Even when they preach on the whole armor of God, if they're not referring to Calvary, they cannot, God don't, you just can't have because you want it. You don't get victory because you know you need it and you want it or you're even crying out to God for it. Somebody needs to hear me. You get victory when you're standing and you're only standing when you've taken unto you the whole armor of God which simply put is your faith in the cross and you won't be moved. You won't be moved. No matter what grandma or your loving husband or wife says, you won't be moved. Unmovable faith is the only faith that stands. This speaks of walking in all our salvation, seeking the Lord with our whole hearts diligently that he might be found as he's promised he would be. The Christian can only see through the blood. You can only see through the blood. You don't have any understanding of the word except you see through the blood. Jesus taught that in Luke 24, 45, and 46. The Bible says, Then he opened the understanding of his disciples and said, So what he was about to tell them illuminated the scriptures to them. The Son of Man must come, suffer, and die, and be raised the third day. Wow! The revelation of the scriptures are all wrapped up in what Jesus came to do on the cross. Outside of that, the Holy Ghost won't give you understanding. It'll be your preacher or your mama, and it'll be their understanding, but it won't be God's understanding. He only reveals Christ through what Christ did at Calvary. He only reveals what the Word of God is really all about through your faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary because that is what it's all about. So the Christian can only see through the blood. Therefore, this also reveals the only way the armor can be applied to our lives is through faith in the blood of Christ. And we'll see that as we discuss what the pieces of armor are. The the armor is not special in its own way. The armor is only special if it's pointing to the one 
who it relates to, who it's about, what was provided at Calvary. Your denomination cannot provide for you the armor of God. Grandma can't give it to you. Your loving spouse can't give it to you. If you put your faith in the cross, God has clothed you in his armor. Amen. And he's not left one piece off. We are complete in him. And that means we are completely covered by him. So Ephesians 6, 14, let's back up and read 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. And again, what was that? What's our part? Taking unto us the whole armor of God. He says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. You see, the first piece of armor mentioned is truth. And it's because it's the most important part. It's, this is what God has offered us that we might be able to be saved, that we might be able to live saved, that we might be able to experience Him daily because the Word of God is truth. And truth is what Jesus said, when we know truth, we would be made free. And freedom, the Bible says in Galatians, I believe it's 5 and 1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. What is that liberty that made us free? The truth of who he is. What he did at Calvary is what made us free. We stand fast. We don't move. See, it relates to what we're teaching. We're standing in the grace of God. We're standing in that liberty wherewith Christ made us free. That knowledge of the truth that came to us. What truth was that? The truth of who he is and what he did at Calvary. Without that being the basis and the root of our faith in that truth, then none of the written word can affect us. Can't help us. We turn the word of God into witchcraft. We use it under a a means of witchcraft if our faith is not anchored in the cross of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people won't, they just won't accept that today. I'm talking about people in church, they just won't accept that. There's a church right down the road, 20 minutes from here, has ripped the book of Romans out. Just They said Paul didn't really have uh, the full revelation. And I recently saw a man who claims to be a homosexual, that God made him that way, God's pleased with it, and he's, he's in Christ, he's following Christ, Christ's in him, and he's pastor in the church and of people that are just like him, and that Paul really wrote the scriptures in the New Testament from a heterosexual, viewpoint and all these things that we say because we're not walking in the truth we're walking in the flesh we're trying to change God's word rip pages out of God's word but my declaration this morning is the same as God's let God be true and ever man a liar hallelujah God's word is truth and he sent it not for us to change him but for it to change us to bring us to repentance that we might find those refreshing times in him, salvation and triumph every day. You won't find it ripping pages out of the Bible, my friend. You will find it when you repent. Amen. Stand, therefore. We're talking about a wrestling match here. Standing means you're walking in victory. The the Bible, I didn't put this in my notes, but the Bible says the devil is under our feet. Amen. Amen. We shouldn't be under his feet. We should be standing, and it doesn't just happen automatically. If it did, you'd never see a Christian living in defeat. You'd never see a a Christian living a defeated life. And I have lived it, and I know many that are right now. They make excuses for it, and they they turn God's grace into lasciviousness. And they do that all from under the law, which is just simply a ministry of death, and that's what they're experiencing instead of victory. Mm. So stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And loins is that, that place, when you look that, script, that word up, the definition, it just means really where everything comes from. You know, your loins, men, your, our loins is where the seed comes from. The loin is where you really strap yourself in and get ready for a journey. You strap that cloth, and when something major is going on, you never remove the loin. You, you just tighten it up, and you might remove your outer cloak. That's what Saul held 
meal for the people, but they didn't get naked. They, they just tightened up their loin. But let me, it wasn't, they wasn't wearing the loin belt of truth, but that girdle, and the girdle really also speaks of, of, of where things are kept that are of most valuable. That's where that's what you hooked your sword to, your girdle. You didn't have your sword hanging on your, your cloak. You had it clipped to your girdle. And that loin, the reason the Lord mentions this first, first the, the loin, your loins girdle back with truth. That's the most important. When you're stripped of everything else, you still got your loin belt. When you're stripped of your loin belt, you're totally naked and without anything. And that's what happens when we're not walking in truth. We've been stripped naked by the enemy. Although in the eyes of God, yes, we're the children of God, and he, he still wants to bless us, but it does not work just automatically. If it did, there wouldn't be warnings of, of losing our salvation, being cut off in Romans 11. The book of Revelation would warn of having our names blotted out of the book of life and, and other scriptures that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia. We wouldn't have been have to be Warn that if you move your faith from the cross and go back after circumcision or water baptism or anything other, replace the cross with those things, then Christ can't affect you. He can't probably, we wouldn't have to have been told these things. So it is something you and I have to do. Do. But our doing is believing. Our doing is believing. I know people watch this and they say, no, bless God, the Bible's full of things that you have to do. But all the things that we're required and commanded to even do as Christians are all going to be based on what we believe. If our faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit then will empower us and what He has us doing will be done through Christ and God will be glorified. But if it's not faith in the cross and it's just doing what the scriptures say do, then it's just us doing. And we're not doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit and through Christ. Everything has to be done through Christ. That means by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, it all flows together. God's will is performed in our lives through our faith in the cross that enables the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the power, the grace of God to do it through Christ which really speaks of our faith in the cross, through Christ. Amen. So stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Girt about with truth. That's the most important. I, I read a story one time uh, uh, of the Christian life being related to a man going up a high mountain and he was trying to reach the top. In other words, he was trying to make it uh, endure to the end. And, and he, he was robed in all this provision and, and, the, and man going up a mountain anybody ever been up a mountain a big mountain a big mountain and you just want to start taking I got to make this load lighter I got man I, I ain't going to make it if I can't take some of this stuff off and in this journey of this man climbing up this mountain he started took his cloak off and then he took he just he laid his backpack I, man I just can't make it and, and, and it says the spirit of God spoke to him and said no matter what you lay down you don't lay that sword down that sword of truth, that word of God, that word of God, you hang on to that. And it, when you feel like you can't take another step, if you take that sword and you tie yourself to that sword and you plant it in the ground because that word of God will hold you the course. It'll, you'll find your rest in the word of God. You'll, you'll find yourself not going back down the mountain even if you can't take a step forward. Right now, you just hang on to God's word. You don't, I don't care what you get rid of. You don't don't get rid of that loin, that girdle with that truth. Amen. You can't let the truth go, which is Christ in him crucified. I don't care what you let go. You don't let go of that. I remember being in a ministry that was totally not of God, no gospel, just, just laws and rules and fads for many years, and, and it all fell apart for us, and it fell apart for them too, but they're still in it and blind and can't see that. And, but I remember being in an old warehouse with a couple of buckets of oil with my Bible laid on it, and I said, Lord, I don't know anything. I don't know about it. Even though I was filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues, when you're under attack, the enemy can come in a wrestling match and try to make you think that the filling of the Holy Ghost ain't real, tongues ain't real, your relationship, you're probably not even called of God. Can you see a wrestling match taking place there? 
And all I could say was, God, I don't know anything anymore except one thing, and that is that you love me. That's all I know. That's all I'm sure of today. I'm doubting this. I'm doubting that. And many, all Christians go through that in some way, form, or fashion. But what I held dear to was that God loved me on the basis of what he proved to me at Calvary. That's all I could hang on to. That's all I had. And my friend, that is the truth. And if you hang on to that, God will bring the assurance back to those things that are true. And he will push away those things that are not true, just like he did in my life and many more. Hallelujah. That's where he's trying to get all his children to. That place where they can see that, that everything they've trusted in that was not him will bring harm to their lives. The Lord was speaking to my heart yesterday and telling me he's really, he's really got this major thing that he really does all over the world. It's, it's exalting those that humble themselves, and it's humbling them that exalt themselves. And even among God's people, what he's doing, he's still trying to get us to realize he is the only God... I said he's still trying to get us to realize that because sometimes we trust in things. I said, we do. We trust in things. All our declarations are right, but then sometimes in our head and in our uh, doings, we prove that we're really not believing like we ought to be believing. Can I get a witness up in here this morning? And God, throughout the Old Testament, has always, you will see in every story, he's blessing his people when they're trusting in his way, that sacrifice, or he is allowing them to go through hard, ugly, mean, and nasty things when he's trying to prove to them what you're trusting in won't work for you, it will only bring a curse to you, and that happens in the church today. But his ultimate goal is to get us to see just how much he loves us. But to see that is not by you getting something, a house or a car, it's by you looking at Calvary. God so loved the world that he gave his son. There you look and see how marvelous God's love and grace is. There you look and see the, the sacrifice that was given for you and me, sinners without God, haters of God, and a love that would supersede and pierce through that ugly darkness and save our lost souls. Praise God. Only at the cross do we see that. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Remember, it's taking unto you the whole armor of God. And what we're going to see here is the armor laid out as it typifies Christ and what he provided at Calvary. And let me remind us this morning, the truth. Yes, God's word is truth. But Jesus himself said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm one of many. He was the living God manifest in the flesh. He was the living Word manifest in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word, the word was God. John 1 and 1. And in verse 14 of John chapter 1, the Bible says, And that word became flesh. The word that was with God, the word that was God, became flesh. I've showed Mormons that because they think that Jesus is really, uh, yes, he's a God, but he's also the, the brother to Lucifer. And they think all these far out things. And I've shown some Mormons that scripture that the word of God that is God became flesh. That's Jesus Christ. The creator is Jesus Christ. The savior is Jesus Christ. So what God wants us to see here this morning, this, this truth that, that, that we hang on to, this loin, our loins girt with truth. We won't move. We won't take our girdle off and be naked. You're naked without, the, without truth. The New Testament teaches that. Don't be found naked. Don't be caught naked at the coming of the Lord. Don't be caught naked. You can be clothed. And I know the false teachings today that you're clothed no matter what. No, the Bible says don't be caught naked. Talking to the church. Don't be caught naked. And how we're naked is, is if we take that loin, that, that girdle of truth off. Which means this, my friend, if you add to the cross, my faith and this makes me saved. 
because there is no mixture. Or anything other than the cross. I don't have truth on. I'm not walking in truth. Oh, I might be reading the Bible and saying, well, God's word is truth and I'm walking in it. Mm-mm. Not without faith in the cross. God's word is not my truth. It cannot be applied to me as truth unless my faith is in the man who said I am the truth. God's word is truth, but it cannot be applied by the Holy Spirit to my life in, my, in the way that God wants it applied to my life except my faith be in the man who said I am the truth. Jesus claimed to be the light of the world. So when we claim God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, it is not unless we are receiving it in the light of the one who said, I am the light. The Bible says Jesus is our bread that came down from heaven. He, he said that about himself. I am the bread that came down from heaven. So to ask God for daily bread means we're asking God for a greater revelation of that bread that came down from heaven. Not just another verse, not just another scripture, but another verse in another scripture about the one who is the bread from heaven. Without that part, you're not eating. You, Jesus said you can't have anything of mine unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Now I'm just telling folks something that, that's in the Bible. Because we as a church for years have used God's word for our own personal this and that, and God won't be any part of it. We think he's some just God that, well, okay, they're just so cute. You know, they're, they're my children. They're just so cute using my word for this and that. God is grieved. God is not happy with those of us who have used his word in a wrong fashion. And when he sees us doing that, make no mistake about it, he shows up to prove to us that ain't working. And when we reject that, when we reject that, then bad things happen. Bad things happen. There are people all over the country, little churches popping up, preaching the truth of God's Word, the message of the cross, pointing people to the sacrifice. And you know what? That brings the entire church body in that community, in that region, an offer by God to acknowledge the truth so that he can grant them when they acknowledge the truth, 2 Timothy 2.26, when they acknowledge the truth, he then will grant them repentance and you will see the fruit of that. They'll begin to preach this message. Folks will begin to leave those churches, but folks believing that truth will begin to fill in those churches. Praise be to God. Because it's only those who have, who have the girdle of truth on. Amen. They've not, they've not chosen through the Hagans and the Copelands and the Dollars and the TD Jerks and the Creflo Give Me Your Dollar Ministries. They've not, I'm keeping my truth. I, I'm not going with them. I see they've got millions and they've got millions of people, but God's not after billions and millions of dollars. He's after souls and you can't have a soul except through the blood. And after that, once he gets that soul, he wants to be uh, uh, represented here on this earth. And we can't represent him by money and by who we are on this planet or our church we can only represent him as we walk in the truth that saved us as we keep that girdle with the truth on and we take it off willingly when we go with false ministers because we're a respecter of persons instead of a respecter of God's word in truth hallelujah sorry I'm preaching a little bit this morning just comes with the calling and stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And we've explained that a little. We could go for another year just on this verse. Because God only works in truth, Psalms 33, 4. If you don't know it, get your highlighter, highlight it good. If you don't understand it, keep listening. You'll understand Jesus is the truth. The only thing that makes him the applicable truth to your life is what he did at Calvary. That's not just the first day of your salvation. That's from now on because Psalms 33, 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. So if you take that girdle off, Jesus is on the outside knocking to get back in. Put your girdle back on. Put the girdle back on. And he won't stop knocking. He ain't coming in till you put the girdle back on. The girdle of truth of who he is and what he provided at Calvary. That's the truth that makes the word of God that is truth that enables the Holy Spirit to teach you. Jesus said he would come and teach us about him. 
Not our denomination, not our regulations, not about the world's, not standing for the flag, not about the world, not knowing which go to the way to, bathroom to go to, that the Holy Spirit's going to come and lead us in all truth, pointing us to Jesus every day, every step of the way. If we ain't seeing Jesus, we're not being taught by the Holy Spirit. So stand there. For, you can't stand without your girdle of truth. You're not standing unless your faith is in the cross. You're, you're under the enemy's feet unless your faith is in the cross of Christ. He's standing on you. He's shouting blasphemies to heaven today. Every Christian whose faith, I said Christians who got saved by faith in the cross, when their faith is not in the cross anymore, they've been led astray to false ministries. Listen, the enemy stands on them making blasphemies just like Goliath did that day in the valley. What you got now? The devil has had his way all over the world, especially in America, for many, many years now, and just standing on the church. Well, I don't see a victorious church, but the message of the cross begins to filter back into the body of Christ, and many today are seeing the devil under their feet, seeing the backside of a devil that God's Word in the New Testament said would flee from us if we resist him steadfast in the faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Terry, I don't know how much time we got left, brother. That computer back there, like all computers, is doing crazy stuff. So uh, I'm just alerting him because you know I can preach all day, teach all day long. We got a Bible. We can just go all day. We got a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I know you won't give me but an hour, though. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Stand, therefore. You can't do it. No. You can't do it because you're reading it. Bless God, I'm standing today. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, I'm standing today. If your faith is in the cross, you're standing. Cross alone, not the cross and the horoscope, the cross and the shiny penny, the cross and the dream catcher, the cross and the, sh and, and the rabbit's foot, the cross and the purpose driven, the cross and the words you speak. Just the cross. Just the death of Jesus. God's trying to get his people back to that. And let me tell you something. I'm just going to go ahead and prophesy to you this morning while the Spirit of the Lord is resting on me heavy. America, the church in America, let's make sure we get this right. The church in America is about to realize that their God is a real, alive God who will bring his judgment first in the house of God. And he's going to help us realize just how faithful he is by removing the prosperity that we have fallen prey to and through our faith and our prosperity instead of the cross, the blood of Jesus, and allowing the enemy to stand on us and make an open show of us instead of our faith proving an open show was made of him and defeated Calvary, God is going to remove. God gives, God takes away. And when God's giving or taking away, it's all to point everything to him and what he did at Calvary, which is the way the world sees there is a loving God, so you better buckle up and get ready and don't blame it all on the devil because God's coming and God is going to make his church know that our riches are not in our wallets or our homes or our jobs or our army. Our riches are in his grace and his mercy and he's going to prove it to us in the New Testament just like he did in the Old Testament. It's going to happen. You can... Don't get fearful and scared and lock yourself up in your house. Just hang on to Calvary and keep living and be, and be wise, praise God, because he is going to show up and he's going to show his church that you are not prosperous and you're not standing and you're not in my will unless you are continually abiding in me, which is taking unto yourselves the whole armor of God, which is all wrapped up in the bloody death of my son Jesus. He's helping us. I just don't see how God could be helping me. Taking my house away. Taking my job. Taking my vehicle. Taking my, he's helping you, glory. He's helping you get to the place where you tie. You just won't put your faith in all you've had. But he'll see a blessed faith that he put in your heart that trusts only in Christ Jesus. Amen. Not a testimony from your lips, but a true faith that comes from the heart. That says, I didn't need all that anyway. I just need Jesus.
I'm telling you, you better get ready. He's going to do it. And false prophets would say, oh, but God wouldn't do that. Oh, I've already read stories of that in the Old Testament. Oh, the false prophets, God's going to bless you. Just speak it into existence. God's going to do this. God's going to do this. Let me tell you what God's going to do. He's going to bring judgment to the house of God, and he's going to strip America of its prosperity. And don't be standing around saying, how could this be happening? It's happening because there are Christians who refuse to take unto themselves the whole armor of God. And God's tired of seeing the enemy stand on our neck. He's ready to see a powerful church that his son paid for with his blood stand. And having done all to stand, keep standing. With sickness, with poverty, with whatever your circumstance is, that ain't got nothing to do with your victory. Having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth. That girdle, no matter what I'm stripped of, I'm a child of God through the blood of Jesus. Who I am hadn't got anything to do with what I drive or the house I live in. Who I am is found in Christ alone. Hallelujah. Have your loins girt about with truth. You got to know what truth is. We've talked about it. Not going to hover over this too long. Truth is Christ and what he did at Calvary, not just the word of God. The word of God is truth, but it won't help you at all if your faith doesn't rest alone in what Christ did to become your living word. Having your loins girt about with truth. And, everybody say and. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this is a progress, a progression here. Without the truth, initially you can't get saved. You can't have your sins forgiven and you can't have the righteousness of God imputed unto you even though Christ died for your sins. But without your knowledge, acceptance, receiving into your heart the truth, he can't impute that righteousness to you. You can't be armed in the things of God until you're born again through the truth. Peter wrote, listen, all these precious promises we've received, we've, we've received through the knowledge of God. The knowledge that has been imparted to us, showed to us, we saw it. Remember Proverbs 12, 17 says, when the truth is spoken, righteousness is seen. A picture of righteousness is portrayed. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. So only through the truth does God offer and show and impart and clothe with His righteousness and lead down that path of righteousness. It's who we are in Christ. It's the righteousness of Christ we have none of our own that God will accept. Only the righteousness of Christ does he look at and he's pleased with and he accepts. So as we keep the loin belt, or not the loin belt, but the girdle of truth, the loin belt of truth, you can call it that, the girdle of truth, can we wear the breastplate of righteousness? And I've got some things to say about that. I know we got two minutes and 50 seconds. That's not nice. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And this armor speaks of a continuance. Have if it, listen, it's not when you got saved, you received it all, but learning to walk in it is another thing. God declares you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. But the experience of that is another thing. We can declare the Lord is my shepherd, I have no lack, and be living miserable. Because declaring the word, reading the word, won't make the word alive in your heart. It's faith in the cross that, which allows the Holy Spirit to come and cause God's word. We call it the words jumping off the page at us. God calls it the Holy Spirit teaching us, revealing to us the truth. And when our faith is in the cross, which is the truth, then we have this breastplate of righteousness and it speaks of victory. Standing speaks of victory. And I, I want to share a scripture, Romans 5, 17. I got a minute and a half, not going to get very much. And, we're, I, and I'm glad we'll be able to start next week with a fresh right here. I, I, man, what's coming next is just, the Lord has just stirred this around in my heart for several weeks now. And I've mentioned it in the last few messages that we can, we can walk in a place where be, we're being filled 
with the fruits of righteousness and our, our fruits of righteousness can be being increased and we're going to get into that next week so make sure you tune in. But Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned, everybody say death reigned, by one, much more they which receive, they that take unto themselves abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one Jesus Christ. You see, we're, we can't reign unless it's Christ reigning through us by the power of His Spirit. We can only reign through grace. That's why Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, if you go back and listen to them and you go out there and you get circumcised, you fall from grace. It means you fall from the place of reigning that happens. Watch this. The gift of righteousness shall reign. It says the... They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That's all we got time for. You study it this week. Next week we'll jump right in. We'll get into this. The Lord's going to bless us. He's opening our eyes to greater truth so our experience with Him can be greater and greater. We love you. We're praying for you. We really are praying for you. Please share this message. Liking it. Listen. That ain't doing nobody really any good that you like a message. That's doing you good. When you hit the share button, that's doing somebody else some good. Be a part of what's happening here. Share this gospel. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week.